Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. Welcome along to the Easter edition, Easter 2012 edition of WIA National News. Now, we seldom report on viruses or Trojans, believing that the emails about such things can be almost more intrusive than the bug themselves. And let's face it, if you're not running an auto-updating virus scanning program these days, you deserve what may happen. But is your computer infected with DNS Changer? The ACMA put out a note about DNS Changer, which is malicious software, malware, that may have been installed on your computer without your knowledge. Approximately 10,000 Australian internet users are currently infected with this malware. If your computer is infected, you need to remove it. If you don't remove it by July 9, that's July the 9th this year, you will not be able to connect to the internet again. The Australian Communications and Media Authority, CERT Australia, that's the Federal Government's Computer Emergency Response Team, and the Department of Broadband Communications and the Digital Economy have collaborated to develop a diagnostic website that, in most cases, shows you whether or not you are infected with DNS Changer. The website is dns-ok.gov.au. If you are infected, this link provides other links to tools and detailed documentation that may help you remove the infection. My MP. Improved reception of the commercial radio service 3MP in Northern and Western Australia as the Australian Communications and Media Authority allows an increase to the maximum transmitting power of Melbourne Commercial Radio Broadcasting Service 3MP from 1,225 volts to 2,140 volts. That's equivalent to about 5 kilowatts to 8.2 kilowatts. And it's is also changing the direction of its radiation pattern. This will now allow expanded coverage of northern and western Melbourne. 3MP had been previously known by the on-air identities 3MTR and MTR 1377. This change follows public consultation on the proposal released in November 2011 to vary the licensed area plan, that's the Melbourne LAP, of June 2000. I'm Bob, VK6POP, reminding you that the Wireless Institute's annual conference is coming up fast. It's now next month instead of sometime in the future. The conference dates are Friday the 25th to Sunday the 27th of May. The weekend program is centred around the Mildura Grand Hotel. The weekend will commence on Friday evening at the historic Settlers Club with a buffet dinner. On Saturday morning, the WIA annual general meeting will be followed by the open forum. I can assure you that the AGM will be brief and to the point and should serve as a model for club AGMs. The open forum gives amateurs an opportunity to ask questions of the board or to raise issues of interest and concern. Lunch is provided for all registered attendees. On Saturday afternoon, there's a technical symposium at which several items of interest will be presented. On Saturday evening, the annual dinner will be held at the Grand Ballroom at the Mildura Grand Hotel. Sunday will feature a cruise and lunch on the famous paddleboat Mundu. For those remaining in Mildura on Sunday night, a casual barbecue has been arranged at the home of Noel Ferguson, VK3FI, at Fergus Park, Nichols Point. 
Accommodation is available at the Mildura Grand Hotel, as well as in several other hotels and caravan parks, according to your taste. So how about it? Still thinking about going? Or maybe you never gave it any thought until now? Well, give it a go. These annual conferences are great weekends where you get to catch up with old friends and make new ones. Information about the weekend and an online booking form are on the WIA website, www.wia.org.au. From originating station VK4WIA, this is Q News with today's highlights from the Sunshine State. This silent key advice is about a signalman. Service number 217459. Jeffrey Allen Sanders, Victor Kilo 4, Kilo Echo Lima, VK4 KEL, has gone silent key following a very long battle with various forms of cancer. He was but 62, born in September of 49 in Horsham, VK3. Jeff was a past president of the Sunshine Coast Amateur Radio Club, past president of the Wireless Institute of Australia Queensland Division, a former VK4 Federal Councillor and alternate Federal Councillor of the Wireless Institute of Australia. More importantly, Jeff VK4 KEL will be remembered for his support for We Vietnam Vets. Jeff, 217459, served with 104 Signal Squadron Vietnam in 1969. Jeff was given just two hours as he lay in the Prince Charles Hospital Sunday, yet fought on until he passed April 4, being kept comfortable during his last days with Jen, his wife and his children by his side. His loss will leave a huge hole in our lives, and he's been a friend of ours since commencing Q News back in... 94.95. Jeff was President and Secretary of the old WIAQ and when we first started Q News on Packet Radio was the first WIA official who started to tell its members what was what. Thanks to Jeff, the walls of WIA secrecy started to be broken. It wasn't again until the late Chris Jones that we knew week to week what our society was doing for us. I know Jeff will be sadly missed by many others who knew by QSO, WIA work and his work with the vet community knew him well. There'll be more in local Q News bulletins as it comes to hand. But, rest in peace, another silent key, Jeff Sanders, Victor Kilo 4, Kilo Echo Lima. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. What use is an F-call? Recently I was sitting on a plane talking to a person whom I'd just met. We were discussing our interests and experiences, and the subject of amateur radio came up. There was the obligatory CB radio comment and some discussion about marine radio, but the discussion boiled down to this. What's the point? I eased into the subject by observing that as a hobby I found it to be technically challenging without it having a direct relationship to my day job in IT. We discussed the ideas that embody the hobby, non-commercial use, experimentation, discovery, camaraderie. We talked about the natural disasters like Hurricane Katrina, the Boxing Day tsunami, the earthquake and tsunami in Japan, and the subsequent issues with their nuclear power plant. I explained about making contacts and exchanging information, call signs, signal reports, 
dealing with electricity and backup batteries and the like. The conversation went for about an hour. We talked about the SES, about HF long-distance contacts, the solar cycle, the ionosphere, experiments and the development of technologies like the mobile phone. The thing that struck me during this conversation, looking at the topics we discussed, some in pathing and some in depth, well, to the depth of my eclectic knowledge at least, that amateur radio touches a lot of aspects of society. I used to think that IT was the only field that impacted the world everywhere in every which way. Now I'm not so sure. Amateur radio to me appears to have dibs on a large chunk. I suppose I'm saying that amateur radio has a public relations issue. People don't know it exists, yet it affects their lives in ways that most will never notice. Perhaps all this just relates to my better understanding of the radio frequency spectrum and my personal part in the puzzle. But I think society would benefit from at least a smidgen of the understanding that comes with having an amateur license. If you have thoughts on the matter, I'd love to hear from you. I'm Ono, and Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Joe Walsh, WB6ACU, is an analogue man. Grammy award-winning rock and roll legend Joe Walsh, WB6ACU, returns with Analogue Man, set to be released on June 5. This is Walsh's first solo album since 1992's Songs for a Dying Planet. Walsh, best known for his powerful guitar licks, joined the Eagles in 1976 and is credited for bringing a harder rock sound to the band with the acclaimed Hotel California, The Long Run and Eagles Live. No stranger to the analogue way of life, Walsh, an ARRL Life member, enjoys operating on 80 metres AM. World Amateur Radio Day. On April 18, 2012, we will celebrate the World Amateur Radio Day on the 87th anniversary of the founding of the International Amateur Radio Union. This year's theme for the World Amateur Radio Day is Amateur Radio Satellites, celebrating 50 years in space. And we'll have much more on this world event shortly in our special interest group segment. 50 watts for foundation holders in Belgium. The UBA reports on plans to allow Belgian foundation license holders to run 50 watts on HF instead of the previous 10 watts. Belgian foundation holders are currently permitted 50 watts on 144 and 430 MHz and 10 watts in the bands from 3.5 to 52 MHz. The new proposal means they will be able to run 50 watts on the HF and 6 metre bands. The website of the National Radio Society, the UBA, says that taking into account the 3 dB rule, this would permit the use of a standard 100 watt transceiver. Lightning Strike Survivor feels lucky to be alive. KAKE News reports that radio amateur Bill Isles, KD0IIF, is recovering after he survived a lightning strike and used his ham radio to call for help. Seems the volunteer storm spotter was standing in his backyard and thought the lightning was far away. In the distance, I would hear thunder and see lightning. I didn't think anything was quite that close, said Bill, and it came as quite a shock. 
That shock knocked Bill to the ground. The only thing nearby was his amateur radio. When Bill called for help through the ham radio, Mike KD0IJO heard his call and phoned 911. Japan to launch amateur radio satellites. Big news on the ham radio space scene. This with word that the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency has announced the upcoming launch of five amateur radio satellites. Amateur radio newsline Stephen Kingford, N8WB, joins the WIA National News with more. The first launch is the H2A that takes place on May 17th. It will carry the amateur radio satellite H-O-R-Y-U-2, pronounced Hor-Y-U-2. This will be followed on July 21st with the HTV-3 mission. It will deliver the JEM-Small Satellite Orbital Deployer, or J-SSOD, to the International Space Station. That unit will enable small satellites to be deployed from the ISS using the Japanese Experiment Module Robot Arm. The Japanese amateur radio satellites Wii-Wish and Fitsat-1, along with the San Jose State University TechEdSat and Vietnam's F-1, will also be delivered to the ISS on this mission. Plans are for them to be deployed to orbit on September 20th. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Stephen Kinford, N8WB in Wadsworth, Ohio. The ARRL Public Relations Committee is holding a free webinar on Thursday evening, April 12, for public information officers, radio club officers, and anyone else wanting to join in. This to teach the easiest and most effective way to write a press release for field day and actually get it noticed by the mass media in your home region. The webinar begins at 9 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. It'll run for about 90 minutes. Several experts in mass media communications will be on hand to teach the tricks of the trade in dealing with radio, television, and print publications. Current and former employees of the Entertainment and Sports Network, better known to the public as ESPN, have formed the Worldwide Amateur Radio Club. Located on the grounds of the ESPN facility in Bristol, Connecticut, the group has now been granted the club call WE1SPN. At present, the club's got about 40 members. Inaugural operations were to take place on 7.177 MHz at 2100 UCC, March 29. The opening gala was to include trying to contact as many radio clubs at Disney theme parks as possible. The Worldwide Amateur Radio Club is the latest in a long series of broadcast industry-based employee recreation entities. It joins similar employee groups at the CBS, NBC, ABC, and Fox networks, as well as at a number of broadcast stations nationwide and worldwide. More about WE1SPN can be found by checking the listing page for their call sign on QRZ.com. Andy Sennett, who edited the now-closed Radio Netherlands Media Network weblog, says that he'll be retiring from that international broadcaster at the end of April. Sennett says that during his last weeks at Radio Netherlands, he's writing a series of articles reflecting on the changes in international broadcasting since he started appearing on the Media Network radio show back in 1981, as well as looking ahead to the coming decade. This perspective will be published on the Radio Netherlands English language website. Synod asks that if you have any members of Radio Netherlands or any other international broadcasting that you'd like to share, please email them to him. You can reach him at media network at rnw.nl. Synod adds he'll try to include them in the articles as is possible. NASA has announced the release of ISS Live, the app for iPhone, iPad, and Android. 
Amateur Radio Newsline's David Black, KB4KCH, has details. The ISS Live app delivers live streaming data from the International Space Station. Users can take a virtual 3D tour of the Mission Control Center and the space station and view Mission Control console displays with real-time data. Interactive educational lessons using the data as well as crew and science timelines with individual crew member, social media, and international science experiment details are also available with the app. The Space Agency calls ISS Live an innovative, interactive application, providing a novel way to learn about the International Space Station while on the go. If you'd like to learn more and find links to download the ISS Live app, just visit spacestationlive.jsc.nasa.gov. NASA is pressing forward on assessing the value of a human-tended outpost near the far side of the moon, one that would embrace international partnerships as well as commercial and academic participation. According to Space.com, William Gerstenmeyer is NASA's Associate Administrator for Human Exploration and Operations. And in a February 3rd memo, he says that a team is being formed to develop a cohesive plan for exploring a spot in space known as the Earth-Moon Lagrange Point. Lagrange points, sometimes called liberation points, are places in space where the combined gravitational pull of two large masses roughly balance each other out. This would allow a spacecraft or other object to essentially park in that spot without being pulled toward either one of the masses. A pre-memo NASA appraisal of Lagrange Point EML-2, which is near the lunar far side, has spotlighted this destination as the leading option for a near-term space study. EML-2 could serve as a gateway for exploration of multiple destinations, including near-lunar space, our own moon, asteroids, the moons of Mars, and ultimately, the red planet itself. Those stories from the Average Radio Newsline. You're tuned to the WIA National News Service across Australia. I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF. Across Australia from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK7, it can be heard on the VK7 repeater network across Tasmania and on HF Ringuses from 9am each Sunday, followed by the VK7 regional news broadcast from 9.30am. I'm Graham, and my call sign VK7ZGK. Believe it or not, this story from our Weird and Wonderful file. Weird and Wonderful, around the world 28 megahertz balloon. A long-duration balloon mission that is using six party balloons to carry a 50-gram amateur radio... 28.223 MHz CW beacon is hoping to go around the world. The balloon was released on March 29 from Annapolis in Maryland and it started its journey heading southeast. It has no APRS, just the 28.223 MHz CW telemetry system and it's hoped to locate it by signal strength and beam headings only. The mission is to give an insight into constant pressure balloons and especially the use of common mylar party balloons as a fixed-volume envelope. The telemetry will be in CW on 28.223 MHz USB dial and will contain battery voltage, inside and outside temperatures, and surface luminosity of the ocean and clouds. Again, it has no APRS and GPS. The team will rely entirely on DF bearings and signal reports.
Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. Operational News on Felix VK4FUQ. Special events and on-air contest column, Dateline 2012. Worldwide Fist Titanic Sprint, April 15. VKZL AMCW on Anzac Day, April 25. VKZL Trans Tasman Contest, 80 metres phone, May 12. VK Shires Contest, June 9 and 10. ZL NZAT Memorial Contest, July 1st, full weekend. VKZL Trans Tasman Contest, 80 and 160 metres, July 21. VK Remembrance Day Contest, August 11 and 12. Worldwide International Lighthouse Lightship Weekend, August 18 and 19. TCSWIT active again at Gallipoli for AM and CW on Anzac Day. TAVIC TA1HZ has confirmed with Mike VK4MIK that the Turkish Portable Operationals Team, TCSWIT, will be active again as TC578 from Gallipoli for AM and CW on Anzac Day. They will arrive at the site of operations on Saturday the 21st of April and finish operations there on Thursday the 26th of April. TCSWAT hope to operate SSB, CW, PSK31 and maybe even SSTV from Gallipoli. Is your station going to be involved with AM and CW on Anzac Day? Contact Mike, VK4MIK, now on email, VK4MIKE at yahoo.com.au. Special event stations DX and Beacon and NetAdvice. According to the Amateur Radio Cluster Network for the week of Sunday the 25th of March through Sunday the 1st of April, there were 235 countries active. Were you an active operator? ZD8 Ascension Island. The ZD8 Ascension Island Bureau has closed. A full list of countries that do not have a bureau is available on the website you'll find in the text edition of this news. Best read at wia.org.au. You know, it might just be timely after spending a few hours last weekend tuning the bands to revisit our DX code of conduct. Here is John VK2JJW. I will listen and listen and then listen again before calling. I will only call if I can copy the DX station properly. I will not trust the DX cluster and will be sure of the DX station's call sign before calling. I will not interfere with the DX station nor anyone calling and will never tune up on the DX frequency or in the QSX slot. I will wait for the DX station to end the contact before I call. I will always send my full call sign. I will call and then listen for a reasonable interval. I will not call continuously. I will not transmit when the DX operator calls another call sign, not mine. I will not transmit when the DX operator queries a call sign, not like mine. I will not transmit when the DX station requests geographic areas other than mine. When the DX operator calls me, I will not repeat my call sign unless I think he's copied it incorrectly. I will be thankful if and when I do make a contact. I will respect my fellow radio amateurs and conduct myself so as to earn their respect. On the awards scene, RSGB Connell Century Club Jubilee Award 2012. Of course, this year is the Queen's Diamond Jubilee, and mindful that the Queen is the head of the Commonwealth of Nations, will remind you of that new operating award. 
To qualify for this attractive certificate, all you need to do is work as many different countries and call areas on the Connell Century Club list during 2012. Certificates will be awarded for working 60 and 100 different call areas. Use any mode or bands you like and QSL cards are not required. Finally for me, in operational news this Easter weekend, it's a look at wireless weather. End of the Grand Solar Maximum. Luke Barnard of the University of Reading says the recent decline in the open magnetic flux of the Sun heralds the end of the Grand Solar Maximum that has persisted throughout the space age. Isotopes in ice sheets and tree rings tell us that this Grand Solar Maximum is one of the 24 during the last 9,300 years and suggest the high levels of solar magnetic fields seen over the space age will reduce in the future. This decline will cause a reduction in sunspot numbers and explosive solar events, but those events that do take place could be more damaging. Luke Barnard presented this paper at the National Astronomy Meeting, NAM 2012, held at the University of Manchester. And I hope you haven't eaten too much chocolate this Easter weekend. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ, Enningham. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Wide Bay Burnett District of Queensland, it's relayed on 146.800 MHz, VK4RBU, Mount Gananaman, at 0900 Australian Eastern Standard Time each Sunday. From the Maryborough Electronics and Radio Group, I'm Ray, VK4TPT. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. The AMSAT VK Unofficial HF Net. A note on a seasonal change. It's on the second Sunday of each month, April through October, at 1000 hours UTC on 3.685 MHz. Microthrust motor for nanosats. Imagine reaching the moon using just one-tenth of a litre of fuel. With their ionic motor, Microthrust, EPFL scientists and their European partners are making this a reality, ushering in a new era of low-cost space exploration. The goal is to provide efficient propulsion systems for nanosatellites which are currently stuck in whatever orbit they are initially placed. The plan is to free them to allow nanosatellites to perform orbital manoeuvring and missions to the Moon, to near-Earth objects or even to Mars. Amateur radio satellites celebrating 50 years in space. This is the theme for World Amateur Radio Day, April the 18th, on the 87th anniversary of the founding of the International Amateur Radio Union. We will remember the launch of Oscar 1 in 1961 and the launch of Oscar 2 in 1962. For this reason, there will be several special events stationed from IARU member societies active on different dates during April. 6H6IARU by the Federation Mexico de Radio Experimenters who have commissioned this operation to Grupo DXXE. This station will be active from the 13th to the 18th of April on all modes and bands. 3G87 IARU by the Radio Club of Chile. This station will be active throughout April. LZ1 WARD by the Bulgarian Federation of Radio Amateurs. EL2 RL by the Liberia Radio Amateur Association will be active April the 18th 
on 10, 15, 17 and 20 metres. HF 87 WIRD by members of the SPCFF is yet another of the Region 2 stations active from April the 17th to the 30th. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Stamp Collecting Amateurs. Luxembourg issues a stamp to celebrate 75 years of amateur radio. Founded in 1937, that country's IIRU Member Society is celebrating its 75th anniversary. In honour of this milestone, Luxembourg's Postal Service has issued a very special radio stamp. This is one of three commemorative stamps to be issued by Luxembourg in 2012. Finally this Easter, it's the lowdown in the news. NZ40 MF radio wave propagation forecast. The NZ40 medium frequency, that's 300 to 3000 kilocycle radio wave propagation forecast 2012-14 has been published for the latest period and is well worth a read. And they've got a pretty easy web address, so we'll give it here. The address is mwfrequencypropagation.org That's all one word, mwfrequencypropagation.org Well that's all I have for you this week. Happy Easter from Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Well about time we hopped out of here, the Easter Bunny's on his way. It is the Easter edition, or it has been the Easter edition of WIA National News for the year 2012. Quickly on the social scene, the big one this month in April is April 14 to 15, it's the WIA National Field Day. I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported, you decide.